You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Guys, do you hear that sound? That's the sound of power and precision. That's right. You're listening to the Lawnmower 4.0 Manscaped Fourth Generation Trimmer, featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. The Lawnmower 4.0 has advanced skin safe technology, which is a fancy way of saying you're not going to clip your balls off while shaving. But that's not all. Manscaped has a plethora of great products to keep your family jewels in pristine condition. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ABSOLUTEDGEN over at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it's Thursday after the Daily Show, which can only mean we're talking UFC with James. What's going on, James? Go very well, mate. How about yourself? Man, I can't complain. Can't complain at all. So you were flooding me with drunken ramblings and ravings about <laughs> Chelsea, your your soccer yeah. club. How'd that go? Oh, um, well, for those that don't know, obviously they reached the the Champions League final last weekend. Well, they played the Champions League final last weekend. Again, for, the, the, for those over there that don't know, it's basically the biggest club competition you can win in football. Um, and the biggest sort of, it's up there with the World Cup. It's basically the World Cup of club football, really. So, you know, you want to win it. You're, you're desperate to sort of get to the final. And as soon as we got there, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting us to get anywhere near the final, if I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm 21 years of age, and in my lifetime, we've only got to three Champions League finals. And it's ha- and it happens every season, every year, basically. So, yeah, we got to our third one today uh, last weekend. One against Manchester City, and again, for those that don't know, Manchester City are the best team, or supposedly the best team in England. They won the league this season, and literally last weekend, everybody wrote Chelsea off. I mean, everyone was banging on about how good City side were, how good their manager was, and how they're going to absolutely destroy Chelsea and it kind of worked into our hands really because for these big European Cup finals we're always the underdogs and we, we you know we tend to go under the radar a little bit and nobody tends to sort of give us a chance 
And I think right from minute one to the to minute ninety, and then for some bizarre reason they decided to add like eight minutes on at the end, which only got my pulse racing a bit more. They literally, I kid you not, I nearly suffered a heart attack because they nearly scored in the last kick of the game. Oh, oh my god, I genuinely felt sick. So to hold on, honestly, I, I've never seen. I, you could tell we wanted it more because we were just so passionate and dedicated mm. throughout the final 90 minutes and yeah for for any football fan to win the Champions League is huge I mean I I know it pretty much means nothing for the Real Madrid fans because they've won it 13 times but for a club like Chelsea who never ever reaches the final we like I said this was only our third ever Champions League final and to win was absolutely crazy and I mean it just doesn't feel right to say that we're two-time champions of Europe and yeah this like I said earlier it's the biggest club competition you can win in the whole of football and it basically means you're the, you're the champions of the world I know you're the you know you're, you're the European champions but you look you look at uh, the Chinese league the South American you don't see them in Shanghai Shenhua winning the Champions League or beating Real Madrid don't you so I think we can sort of we've got the bragging rights for next season to say we are the best team in the world and I honestly kid you not. Obviously, you knew from and you saw from the messages I posted on Saturday, Sunday, whenever it was. You can tell I was really happy. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Well, good job. Uh, way to go, Chelsea. Good job. How did, you go. uh, how you, did you've adopted them now? Oh yeah, that's that's my new adopted team. I've got a lot of adopted teams. <laughs> how, how did uh, how did Mason's team do? So obviously, we were in the Champions League final. They were in the Europa League final, which is basically the BTEC Champions League. Oh. And they lost on penalties in the final to some Spanish team that finished like eighth in their domestic league. So that is very, very, very poor by their standards, you know, to lose on penalties to Villarreal. I mean, it's basically a laughing stock. And I know, I'm sure Mason was very disappointed by the result because right. the final was so poor. I mean, honestly, I only stuck on the, the final for the penalties because I was browsing throughout the, the 90 minutes. It even went to extra time. So for the 120 minutes it was on, I was just browsing through because it was a, a poor game and then it went to penalty shootouts. And to lose in the European Cup final on penalties, I mean, there's nothing worse like it. Right, you know, right. it there's no feeling like it because, you, you know, you got to the final, you want to win. And to lose on penalties against Villarreal, might I add, it really is heartbreaking because they are nothing special with no disrespect to Villarreal. And, you know, the, the potential Villarreal fans that are watching this show conveniently, it's true. You, you know, they're nothing special. And for <laughs> United to lose, it is a bit laughable. So Mason seemed lost, like they were kicked down to, to, to remedial soccer and then they couldn't they couldn't win that that's that's what that's yeah, my they couldn't away. even win that yeah. so let's put it into perspective we've only been in that competition twice and we've won it twice we literally walked through it like right. we played our second string team throughout the majority of it and for united to play their full team in the final and to lose on penalties again it's comical so let me put that into perspective very good very good ken brown <laughs> wants us to know the californians are going to vote on whether or not they can do sports betting in Indian casinos in 2020. So California vote early, vote often. Let's get that passed. So we can get all those Californians gambling too on what James and I are going to talk about, which is fight night, right? Yeah. Believe it or not, it's not about football today. I know we spent six minutes talking about the, the Champions League final. We are here for the UFC and it's been a two week hiatus. It felt weird. Last weekend, it came, what, 2 p.m. on a Thursday. I was thinking, you know, I'm waiting for the message from um, from yourself just to 
talk about the UFC and to get a broadcast studio going. And then I looked on my phone on Topology. I wasn't in card this weekend. It, it genuinely felt so weird. I had nothing else to do in my life. I was just sat in the corner crying because yeah. there was no UFC on. <laughs> As you should. You should be staring at your phone waiting for my orders at all times. <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely all right let's get to it man what do we got i guess we're going to start from the top 100 percent. i know it's going to be a well from your perspective it's going to be a good night but we're going to start off with the main event between josinia rosenstroik and augustus saki again with rosenstroik he enters this fight with 11-2 he's coming off of that defeat to Cyril garner and before that defeat to Ngannou in his uh, first professional you know career defeat that was his biggest test yet Many people were questioning him as to whether or not he could do it at the, the, the top against the top contenders at heavyweight, and unfortunately, he, he got knocked out within the first minute. And against Ngan, I know he didn't take that much damage from Cyril, but you know Cyril controlled that fight from start to finish, and that sort of the the win against uh, Junior De Santos pretty much meant nothing after the defeat to Cyril Ngan, where he only landed forty nine total strikes. And when you look at uh, Rosenstreich he is more of like a versatile striker wherever the fight goes in terms of uh, on the pocket and when they're trading, he can do it all. He's got a great kickboxing background and he's a, a well-established boxer as well. So, and he obviously has that clean KO power in either hand. He's most comfortable in standing up and was hardly, was, was very good in the kickboxing, uh, in his kickboxing days. I will admit he had a record of like 76 and eight, he tends to throw these hooks that can literally knock his opponent's heads off. I mean, he is crazy when it comes to kickboxing exchanges. We didn't really see that in his last fight. As I said, he's getting dominated in the five rounds, but he still hasn't shown much ability on the ground yet. And it'll be interesting to see if somebody does take the fight to the floor against Jarzino Rosenstrike, how will he fare on the map? But you look at uh, Augusto Saki, that fight's not going to the ground. So I think <laughs> Jarzino Rosenstrike won't have any problem there. Again, Saki's coming off of that defeat to Alistair Overeem. And whereas with Jarzino Rosenstrike, he wants to get straight back into the octagon after that defeat to Francis Ngannou, won against Santos. But for Saki, it's been quite the opposite. He's taken his time away from the sport. He's gone back to the drawing board and sort of figured out where, what went wrong. And again, he comes from a good striking background, like Jorginho. He's got a good, strong boxing background. And again, all 18 of his fights have either ended in a knockout or ended in a decision whereby he's come up trumps and managed to get the successful decision on that one. But he has clean power in his hands and he will be effective in both the clinch and with his ground and power. He tends to throw those haymakers as well, which sort of clips and rocks the opponents. And he, he himself won't be afraid to mix some legs or knees in there. So what I do tend to see with Augusto Saki when it comes to striking, as great he is, as he is and very versatile on the feet, he can be a bit sloppy with his attacks and his hand speed isn't great. So I think for a guy like Jarzini Rosenstrike, he'll be looking to sort of capitalise on that and sort of counter-strike with his hard kickboxing and hard um, hands they possesses. This is going to be a good striking, um, good striking bout, to be honest, between two hard hitters at heavyweight. If I'm going to be honest with you, I know they're both coming off of a defeat and I know Rosenstrike's coming off of a, a unanimous decision defeat to Silgana. But I think I think he will get it done this this weekend. Jorginho Rosenstrike. I think this is a bit of a favourable matchup for Jorginho. He's taking a bit more time to sort of focus on what went wrong in the Silgana fight, and I think he'll come up trumps and 
potentially get an early finish. So I'm going to go for a second round TKO on Josina Rosenstroik's behalf. Very good. I like that. I like where you're at. Uh... Totally. Let's see. Uh, Rosenstrike, he's only minus 113. Saki's minus mm. 101 right now. That's Pinnacle's lines. Uh, my book, he's got it minus 120. That's not too much chalk to eat at all. I think you can bet Rosenstrike, which is what I'm going to do. Bet Rosenstrike to win the fight. Uh, mm. But if gun to my head, you ask me for a method, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a TKO. It certainly won't be a submission. <laughs> oh, Christ, no. From what I've just said, I don't I don't see it lasting the full distance. I mean, those... Those clean hard shots from Josina right. Rosenstroke will sort of wear off eventually, and he will manage to put uh, August Saki away. All right, so James is one and zero right now because he agrees with me. What, what's up next? <laughs> uh, I've got the co-main event between Watt Harris and Martin Tibera, mm-hmm. and again, this is another heavyweight clash between sort of two lower tier contenders. Um, with Marcin Tibera, he's coming off of that win against uh, Greg Hardy by a vicious ground and pound, and he's on a bit of a roll at the moment. He's on a four-fight winning streak. He's got a, a record of twenty-one and six. He's thirty-five, so he's got that experience in the cage. Whereby Walt Harris, again, thirty-seven years of age, got the experience, but he's coming off of those two defeats to Alistair Overeem and Alexander Volkov, and Walt Harris has had a bit of a, a tough you know, year or so, obviously, with the passing of his daughter. And I think mentally, ever since that that whole personal issue came into fruition, I think he's lost his head a wee bit, which is a shame because on his day, you know, he's a real entertainer and he does have that knockout power. But again, since that oh, uh, personal issues, he hasn't lit himself. <laughs> Going into this one, it's that traditional sort of striker versus grappling matchup and nine times out of 10 in this day and age, <laughs> the wrestlers tend to come up clutch. I mean, there's no secret with Walt Harris. He's an athletic, explosive fighter who, like I said, relies on that heavy striking. And I think, as I believe at the top of my head, he's won all, all of his wins have come via a form of knockout. He is a real nightmare when it comes to standing up and he tends to do a lot of damage in the early rounds. So if he can sort of pick the pace and dictate the proceedings early on, I think it will be a good night at the office for Walt Harris. However, if um, Marcin Tibera tends to weather that early storm, I think he'll grind out a decision, use his black belt and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, take the fight to the floor and just sort of frustrate Walt Harris for the remaining um, 10, 15 minutes or so. And again, I really think with Walt Harris, I just don't know, he's on a rough roll right now where some Tibera is on a four-fight win streak. So the momentum's all on Tibera. He's a more balanced fighter here and has put some impressive wins during uh, that streak. But Harris does have a sort of takedown defense and it will be hard to take him down. But I think Marcin will eventually take him down and sort of grind out the full decision and get the unanimous unanimous decision victory on this one. All right. Gotcha. I, I, Marcin, let's just say from the top is minus 170. And I, yeah. I, I don't like eating a lot of chalk. I mean, I'm, I'm going to though. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I do think Marcin is going to win this fight. Um, gun to my head. I don't know that it's going to go decision though. Or I think it really? might be an early stoppage. So, I mean, I, I, I see tons of value in betting the minus 170. That, that's where my head's at. But gun to my head, mm-hmm. I would go for an early finish. Ground and pound or submission? Let's go. Let's go. Submission. Why not? <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. 
we'll just see if he can take him down early on and potentially get, uh, what has get caught up on his back or something. But there you go. You said it. You don't tend to give the, the accurate position, uh, decisions and predictions. You just tend to agree with the fighter, with myself or Mason. But today, you know, you're going fall out and you're giving a prediction an right. early stoppage. Right. Play. That's, this but is, that's this just, is a new arch. <laughs> that's, just, that's just like my opinion, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm betting the money line here. Gun to my head, I'll say submission. I'm not betting submission. <laughs> no. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, what, are, what have you got up next? Uh, the next one I've got, I believe, is Roman Delizzi versus uh, Loriano uh, Starpoli. Now, again, we've said this time and time and time again on this podcast. You know my thoughts and where I stand on fighters stepping in on short notice. And that's the same, same with uh, Starpoli in this fight. Stepping in on short notice against Roman Deluzzi, who is a, a dangerous contender. I mean, everyone, you look at the main card, I know the main event's going to be getting people's attentions but when you look at Roman Delizzi I think there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be keeping an eye on him I know he's coming off that loss to Trevon Giles but many people want to see him bounce back and I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one I genuinely I would <laughs> this is a tough one really I think with Delizzi comes from a, a strong Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, background and has that grappling and wrestling background and he tends to sort of dominate on the proceedings when it goes to the floor and you've got Lorenzo Starpoli, nine and three, and the majority of his wins have come via a form of knockout. But he hasn't been on the best of runs recently and he's coming off that decision loss where he ate a lot of strikes. But I think with this one, I don't think he'll have to worry about getting beaten up on the feet. I just think he's got to be a bit more cautious of his ground game. His defence has got to come up clutch in this one because if he gets taken down by Roman Delizzi, it's going to be a tough night at the office for uh, Starpoli. And with that being said, I'm probably I'm probably going to lean towards uh, Delizzi on this one. I know Starpoli does have the edge on the feet. He's got a good, you know, stru- nice strong boxing skill set and has that nice strong overhand and, and delivers those heavy leg kicks. But... I just think he'll sort of eat into those feints and those sort of trickiness off the clinch from Roman Delipsy. And eventually, like I said, he will take him down. I'm probably going to go for a decision, uh, Delipsy. Delipsy decision. All right. Delipsy is minus 137, thereabouts, minus 137, minus 145. Uh, Loreno's plus 119, plus 115, just depending on your book. Yeah, not too much chalk to eat here at all. I think Roman's going to, I think he's going to take care of business. I have no fear of betting, you know, 137 to get up mm. 100 back. None at all. I think you're right, though. I do think the decision is probably where you want to look in this one. I just don't see this one yeah. getting finished early. No, no, I can't see it either. All right. I think he's going to be cautious on this one, Delitzi, because there's a new fighter stepping in on short notice. He spent weeks preparing for. Uh, Di Chacrio, I think, at the top of the head. So he's going to be a bit cautious in this fight, but I do think he'll win. You think he's just going to play it safe and point him? <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> there you go. All right, you've got another one to talk about, I think. Yeah, the next fight I've got is between Alan Patrick and Mason Jones. When you look at Alan Patrick, he's 
he's getting on a bit and he's not on the best of runs right now. He's uh, 0-2 in his last fights against Bobby Green and Scott Holtzman. Whereas with Mason Jones, I know he's coming off of that uh, loss to Mike Davies uh, by unanimous decision a couple of months back. But before that, he was unbeaten. And if I'm going to be honest with you, he, he did look good in his debut. He had spells and you look at Mason Jones's tenure in the Cage Warriors promotion. I mean, he was just sensational. You know, he knocked out uh, Joe McCoughlin to win the title in March 2020. And he took on Adam Proctor for the welterweight strap six months later and stopped him by a late first round finish. So the potential is there with Mason Jones. And I, I, I think he's learned a lot from that defeat to Mike Davis because it was a big step up in competition. The UFC is obviously the big promotion and it's always going to be that big step up from Cage Warriors to the UFC. And he's learned, he's had that first fight. He went the full 15 minutes. So he's going to come back stronger than ever. I've spoken to his coaches a couple of times and they believe that he's got the ability to, to be a real asset and to be a real star in the UFC. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in his next fight, upcoming fight with uh, Alan Patrick. And going into this one, I just think, Jones's savage boxing attack and solid sprawl and his impressive ability to get off his back will sort of spell doom and danger for Alan Patrick on this one. The only chance I think Alan does have a, a slight edge in winning, I think he'll drag him to the floor and try and keep him there for long periods of time and try and gas out Mason Jones. But I genuinely can't see that happening. If Mason Jones uh, can control the proceedings early on, I think he'll get the second round stoppage. If I'm going to be honest with you, I think he's very dangerous on his feet and he's a solid uh, fighter. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing him this weekend. So I'm going to go for Mason Jones for our second round TKO. Yeah. <laughs> Mason is minus 302. Alan Patrick mm. is two four, plus 245. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. I just don't see Alan Patrick having any uh, chance in hell of winning this fight. No. Honestly, honestly. So even at 302, I have no problem betting that to win 100. Uh, it's a lot of chalk. It's probably the worst one on the board. Yeah, but it's. Yeah. But I, I think it's absolutely doable. I want to bet Mason Jones to win the fight. Gun to my head. I think, you, I think you're probably right. I think this is going to be a TKO if I have to predict mm. how it's going to end. I think you're probably right. I think Mason's is going to do too much damage. Hundred percent. I totally agree with you there, mate. All right. Is that it for you? You have anything else? Yeah, yeah, that's it for me, but I know you've got a fair few, so I'm happy to talk about them. All right. Uh, Miguel Baeza versus Baeza. Santiago. Not even gonna try it. Ponzinibbio. Ponzi there you go. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel's minus one seventeen. Miguel's gonna win the fight. Mm. Am I crazy? It's only minus one seventeen, no. but I think it's pretty mm. pretty good. No, this is going to be sheer violence. I'm very much looking forward to Again, this has all the ingredients to be a potential fight of the night because these two men will throw down and look at Miguel Baeza. This will be, without a shadow of a doubt, his toughest test yet. I know he's 10-0, but then you look at Santiago Ponsonibio. He's coming off of that uh, long layoff and then to lose to Jan Liang Li via left hook about four months ago. It just sort of showed, you know, where is he at now? Because, he, like I said, he came off that long left before the fight with uh, G. He was out for nearly three years after that win over Neil Magny. And he genuinely looked impressive. I thought he'd be able to sort of rise his way up the contend, uh, contention in 117, potentially challenge the top five guys soon because there was talk of it after the win over Neil Magny. But unfortunately, the injury layoff didn't help him. And he established himself back in the day as a real strong contender at uh, welterweight. But it'll be interesting to see where he's at now because he's 34 and come off of a long 
injury layoff and then to lose on your return, it's not going to do wonders for your mentality. And you look at Miguel Baeza, he's coming off of that win to Takashi Saito via submission. I'm very much looking forward to him. You know, he could be one of the next hottest prospects at 170, providing he wins this weekend. And I genuinely think this will be a real banger of a fight, to be honest. You know, you look at Ponzinibbio, he's athletic, he hits very, very hard, he rips those calf kicks and sort of send those murderous one-two combinations down the middle. He's got good cardio, and a solid defensive wrestling uh, uh, aspect in his pocket. So it'd be interesting to see where he's at. And if you can see the old Santiago Ponzinibbio, this will be a good fight. And with Baeza, like I said, he's one of the most promising up-and-comers in the welterweight division. I'm looking forward to seeing Baeza's showcases sort of talent against Santiago Ponzinibbio. As I said, this will be his toughest test yet, but I genuinely think Baeza can get it done. So... When referring to your comment, Arch, I don't think you're crazy at all when backing Baeza. Are you, do you want to bet him or are you just going to lean that? I'll bet, uh, yeah, I'll bet Baeza as well. All right. Very good. TKO? <laughs> you convinced me. Uh, yeah, TKO? TKO. Okay. Yeah, TKO. All right. Let's see. I've got another couple plays. Antonio Arroyo versus Tom Breeze. Next up. Tom Breeze is a massive favorite. Minus 253. It's big. But every which way I look at the numbers, I, it always comes up Tom Breeze winning. So. I'm going to need some more chalk this week. I'm going to take Tom Breeze uh, to win this fight. Where are you at in this one? Yeah, I've got to back the, the fellow Brit on this one. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. It's a bit of a, a banger up 180. And this will be interesting to see where both men are at because a win for either men will sort of push their way up the rankings and up the middleweight rankings. So, again, I can't really complain with this one. It's going to be a nice fight between two contenders. I'm probably going to back reason this one i'm gonna bet like i said gun to my head i'm probably gonna lean i say lean i'm probably gonna bet a decision you want to bet the decision you want to lean the decision yeah i'll, I'll, I'll bet breeze for a decision okay i think you're probably right i think decision is the play but I, i'm not afraid minus 253 i'm not afraid to lay that kind of money so i'm just looking for the mm. winner of the fight all right enough <laughs> of these enough of these minus lines and this is where james is going to disappear because he hates pl- <laughs> he hates plus line fighters we know that so let's look at Gregory Rodriguez versus Dusko Tortovic. Yeah, close enough. I think Gregory <laughs> at, at the plus line, plus 118. Really? Tons of value there. I think he can oh. sneak out a shocker here. So Gregory Rodriguez, <sighs> we're flying with him Saturday night, plus 118 bet. You think he can do it on his UFC debut? I think so. <laughs> I think the only thing that's got going for him in this one is obviously he's got the height and the, the reach advantage over him. Uh, Dusko and with the way he fights he's a, an aggressive fighter and that probably paid dividends for Gregory on this one but with Dusko he's a slight, he's only the slight favourite going into this one I know he's coming off of that defeat to uh, Penelope Soriano a couple of months ago so uh, I don't know I'm probably going to bet Dusko to the Rovic on this one I don't know how I think they're two aggressive young middleweights and they're just going to throw it down and I'm thoroughly looking forward to this fight if I'm going to be honest with you it's going to be fun I, I'm not willing yeah, I'm not willing to write off Tony Rovich just yet. So I'm probably going to go by decision. For which one? Uh, Tony Rovich. You want to bet that one? Yeah, I'll, I'll bet it. All right. I love it. I love it when you go against me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got another one. It's pretty chalky. Montana De La Rosa is fighting Ariane Lipsky. And uh, Montana, yeah. last I saw, let's see if I, let's see if I can see this is right. Yeah, she's a heavy favorite here. Uh, minus 274 thereabouts mm. ooh, 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 ooh. but i do think montana's gonna win the fight 
Yeah. So I'm going to lay uh, that. I'm going to lay that money. Oh God. Decision. Decision. <laughs> decision. Always hundred percent. Uh, you know that. So, uh, so you're saying, um, what'd you say again? By decision with Montana, Montana, Montana de la Rosa. <laughs> oh, again, just for the, I just want to go against you. I'm going to back Lipsky on this one. You're going to bet. I, I know she's a moderate. I think she's a moderate underdog in this one. She's Huge. not that to beat to Shevchenko a couple months back, but she showed glimpses. So yeah, why not? I'm going to go via decision. Ariane Lipsky. And look at you. <laughs> all right, I got a couple more to get through still too. <laughs> That's all right. Kamala Kirk versus uh McQuan Americana. Americana. Uh, Amakani. There you go. Another little upset here, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Kam- Kamala Kirk in this one. Plus one sixty eight. Yeah. I like it. Really? I, a little bit of value play here, I think. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm scratching my head. Honestly, I'm going Amakani for the win via submission. He's a huge favorite going into this one, I think, from what I've seen. He's coming off of that defeat to Edson Barboza, but there's no shame in losing to Barboza. And on the mat, I mean, you've got to be very careful with Matt one because he will eventually submit you in any way you want, really. So I'm, you know, I'm going to back Amakani via submission on this one. You're going to bet that one, right? You're not leaning that yeah, way. Yeah, 100%. I'm confident. No, I'm betting. I'm confident. Oh. You're, you're, you're oh. literally crazy to back um, Kamala Kirk on this one. This is from Mason. He told me to do it. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're loving these UFC debutants. You know, you, you reckon they could do well in their debuts this weekend. Yeah, we're, we're going to try. We're, we're going to try and squeeze some value here. All right, I've got one <laughs> last one, and it's uh, – see here. I'll find the line here, see if it's updated. Uh Yusef Zalal versus Sean Woodson. Zalal, yeah. Uh, Sean Woodson is minus one eighty thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. But I think mm. I think he's going to handle it. I think he's going to take care of business. So again, I'm going to eat the chalk and bet Sean Woodson. Yeah, I'm I'm probably on the Sean Woodson as well. I mean, when coming into his UFC debut um, a couple months ago or a year or two ago for Yusef Zalal, I genuinely thought he could have been the next. Not the next big thing, but next to that rising contender at featherweight. But unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. He's coming off of defeats to Ilya Tofuria and most recently Songwoo Chow. I'm probably going to lean towards Sean Woodson on this one. Uh, he's a very tall. It'll be interesting to see if he makes weight because to fight in the featherweight division at six foot two, I mean, there will be some underlying health conditions in the near future because you look at Zabit Magomedsheripov a top contender at featherweight. He hasn't fought in such a long time. He's a very, I think he's like six one, six two, And for the featherweight division, I mean, to sort of cut all the way down to 145, no matter how sort of skinny you are or how big you are, it really is a tough ass. But if he can make the weight and he looks healthy, I'm probably going to back Sean Woodson by decision. You going to bet it? Yeah, I'll probably bet it. There I'd say lean towards it, I'll bet it. I, I think that's probably <laughs> the right side. me. That's a, probably the right side. I think decision is probably the most likely thing to happen there. Yeah. Oh boy, that's it. That's all the bets and I had. half an hour. That's that's a big one, wasn't it? It was a big one, and I wasn't anticipating it for this fight. <laughs> no, no, we've got some low key bangers, but there's a lot of plenty to talk about as per. So can't complain. Top to bottom, this is actually not a bad card. Mm. No, no, no. With, when it comes to fight night cards, you do tend to complain a lot. <laughs> what is that a shot? Is that a shot at me? Well, I mean, every week, you know, we have a fight night card, and you. The first thing you say, oh, this isn't the best of cards on paper. I'm not looking forward to this one, blah, 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 blah. So for you to give a Dana White credit for this fight night card, I mean, you need you deserve a knighthood or give Dana White a knighthood because 
when it comes to fight night cards, you're never sort of up in arms about the potential, well, how it could all throw down this weekend. So I've got to give you praise for this. I'm genuinely shocked that you thought from top to bottom, this fight night is a good card. I, I think it's a, a solid card with some very great fights, but for you, to hear you say that it's a great card from top to bottom, it genuinely surprises me. I mean, I know you're what in the mid-morning over there. I want to know what you've been smoking or drinking already. Uh, I'm, I'm sipping on. It's a little, little iced tea here. Trying to, trying to no, be very like British. you. Trying to be very like British, you. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. School's almost over for you, right? Just, just light the end of the tunnel. Pretty much is. Um, unfortunately, you know, 15 plus years of education have come to the end, come to an end. So I've got to start looking for jobs now. It's just going to be a bad laugh, honestly. Oh boy. Oh boy. Good luck with that. <laughs> like I you was, said, it only goes downhill from there. I was giving James <laughs> some things to avoid as he as he's growing up now. Like, you know, avoid yeah. the wife, avoid the kids. <laughs> if you guys have any suggestions, let them know in the comments here. <laughs> what should he avoid no, please, as an I'm adult? Desperate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, why don't you get go away? Take care, Mike. Thank you for having me on again. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.